Welcome to the Recovery Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Miller. I'm a stroke survivor and grateful recovering alcoholic. Today's topic is about adaptability and preparedness. Preparedness? I'm not quite sure which way I say that. So we'll go with, let's pick one, preparedness. That's what we're going to go with. Um, so today we're going to go scriptless and, um, that's to save my head. So, um, yesterday's shopping trip really took a toll on my head yesterday. So any of you who are keeping up with the recovery daily fashion show on Facebook and Instagram, um, you may have noticed I did not post this morning. So, I'm doing everything I can to um, <clears throat> to not use my eyes today. So I did use my remarkable tablet, and that seems to um, not bother me so much. Um, I really just took notes during my sobriety meeting this morning, and that's it. So I'm working off of my my notes and um, and just where my train of thought went with uh, the topic of adaptability adaptability and how that <clears throat> helps us to prepare in uh in recovery and really anywhere so let's see where it goes um so i started off by thinking about um before sobriety and what my train of thought was like back then um and I never really thought of myself as arrogant um, or self-centered, honestly. I had two kids. I have two kids. And back then, so that was seven years ago. So my daughter was 15 and, um, and my son was 19 well, just about. He's going to be uh, 26 in, <clears throat> in just a few days. Uh, so anyway, I had to focus, you know, everything I did was focused on my kids um, all the time. And that's what I thought, you know. Everything I did was focused on my kids. However, if I really think deeply about this, as I got closer to my bottom when I was drinking, everything I did actually revolved around my drinking. And I made sure that whatever I did with and for my kids was able to adapt to that. So we'll talk a little bit about that, the difference between expecting the world to change for you and changing based on, you know, changing yourself based on the world around you and adapting. So we'll dive into that. <clears throat> um, so I was thinking also about when I was in college 
and how much potential I had when I was in college. I was a math major. And when I first started college, I was taking um, Calculus 1. And I got an A plus, 100% in, uh, as a freshman in Calculus 1. And by the time I was getting ready to graduate, I was taking Calculus 5 and I was not passing. And the reason for that was because I did not put in <clears throat> any work or effort to um, get good grades. I was all, I was just focused on drinking at that point. And my professor at the time asked me, I think it, I don't know how long before graduation she asked me this, but she said, are you supposed to graduate uh, this, you know, this semester? And I said, yeah. And I think I ended up getting a D or something like that. So that's the same professor, mind you, that I got the A plus with four years prior. So it must have been difficult. It must be difficult to watch college students decline like that because she watched me over the four years just decline. I mean, I used to show up throughout those four years, just drunk to her class. You know, I was quiet. I was quietly drunk in her class. And um, it wasn't really until my senior year that I struggled to the point where I didn't know what was going on in class because I was just completely out of it when I was going to class. And I realized over that time that I actually felt like I just wasn't smart enough. You know, I would rather conclude in that situation that I wasn't smart enough than that I need to quit drinking because nothing was going to stay in the way or get in the way of my drinking. And I felt that way until I was 42 years old. Um, I felt like I wasn't special. I wasn't the best at, at the, um, at, at math, but I wasn't willing to do anything about it. And I th remember thinking, um, on an, un I don't know if this is related or not, but I remember thinking that when I graduated, I didn't want my life to revolve around making money. I wanted to always be a student in life. And I wrote a blog about that from, it's called From Patient to Student. And um, what I didn't know back then that I know now after entering sobriety is that I can always be a student. It always just comes down to my perspective and my willingness and my adaptability. Um, am I willing to be open to change, to changing myself? 
to adapting my behavior. Um, and I heard this morning in my sobriety meeting, one of the readings out of the big book says non-alcoholics change their behavior to meet their goals. However, alcoholics change their goals to meet their behavior. And that is why I was thinking about college this morning. Because my goal when I was in college, like when I was in high school, before all of the, you know, I was drinking in high school, but it was to the, I felt at that point in high school that I was just like everybody else. I was drinking just like everybody else. It was when I got to college that it started to be apparent to other people, not to me, because it wasn't apparent to me until I was like 40, maybe 40 or something like that, but uh, that I wasn't like other people and that I was uh, prioritizing my drinking more. But in high school, I was... I really wanted to be in, like, stay in theater. I, I wouldn't say I wanted to, like, be a, a world-famous actress or anything, but I bet you I could have been really good at it I because I was winning awards in high school for best actress and this or that. I bet I won. <laughs> Those of you who know me and have heard this before, don't roll your eyes, but uh, I won a best actress in this regional competition at UVA for one act plays. And I'm so proud of that. I've always been so proud of that because there was a large number of actresses that, um, that were in this competition and I, and I was first and, um, I was good at it. And when I went to college, I remember specifically one night, it was dark outside. I might have been walking back from class. I was walking back from something. And I walked by the theater and I thought, I should try out for a play. If this was like my freshman year. I should try out for a play. And what I thought was, no, because I won't be able to have fun on like Friday nights because it was like a Friday night and I was walking by it. And there, going to theater practice while I'm headed home, you know, hopefully to drink for the evening. So I decided against doing it because I wanted to drink instead. And then in high school, I always, always wanted to work at NASA. That was my goal to work at NASA. Um, I, I, yeah, would love to be an astronaut, but I think I was more uh, inspired to be able to contribute to the space program in some way with my math skills. <clears throat> um, but again, drinking surpassed that as far as my priorities go. And, uh, and in that way, my, my goals changed to meet by, meet my behavior in just that way. And, um, and so that's, it's, it makes me sad, but I have also learned in the program that I will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. And that means that I am willing to accept and, and, and believe that 
I am here today in the beautiful place that I am in with this wonderful, comfortable home and these wonderful dogs and my boyfriend and such a loving family because of the choices that I made in the past. And, um, and so I really do very seldom do I look back and think, Oh, I wish I, I wish I would have done that. Or I wish I didn't do that. Um, but before I got sober, when I was 42, uh, which was only seven years ago, I did a regret. I regretted a lot of stuff. Um, so that's what the program has done for me. It has shifted my perspective into uh, truly believing that without the adversities that I face, I wouldn't be in the wonderful place that I am today. And so when I'm going through something in the present like this, all of this stroke stuff and my pain in my head and stuff, I keep telling myself and, and sometimes I'm challenged. Last night I was feeling pretty down because I felt so terrible. But I keep telling myself that the only way to it, you know, the only way to it is through it. The only way I can get to that point where I'm looking back and thinking, no, I don't regret going through that pain because I've, if I didn't have it, I wouldn't be where I am today. That's what I, I am forward looking, thinking that when I get there, I'm going to look back and, and be grateful uh, for whatever it is that I'm suffering through right now. Um, I try to think that way at least. So uh, when I was drinking also... Uh, towards the end, I don't recall smiling unless I was drinking. Um, I thought when I was sober, and I wouldn't say that I was ever sober towards the end, but when I didn't have a drink in my hand and I was starting to sober up a little bit before I got more alcohol in my body, I remember thinking that I was destined to be miserable. And I've talked about that before that, you know, my brother and my sister were destined to have a beautiful life and have these families and children and, and I wasn't. That's what I thought. Um, because I wasn't happy in my marriage. Yes, I have wonderful children. Um, there was never anything wrong with my relationship with my children. Um, as far as I'm concerned, maybe they could tell you something different, but, um, but I wasn't happy otherwise, you know, I was working as a claims examiner at one point for American Express for this contractor for American Express. That was terrible. And then, um, I worked at the same place that my boyfriend works doing, uh, I really liked it there actually. I was uh, coding airline uh, airline fare rules um, that, that are attached to all of your airline tickets and I was a trainer there and I really liked it. I think that that challenged my analytical side so I liked that job. Um, 
And then, yeah, then I, well, I don't need to give you a work history, but I've done a lot of things that are satisfactory to me that I've enjoyed, but I never did get close to <laughs> working at NASA. You know, I did, I changed my goals. And because of that, I think uh, there was this underlying just discontent. Um, and when I shared about that, when I started going to sobriety meetings, other alcoholics would tell me, yeah, I remember feeling that way also. And, and that's why I share here because I want to relate with other people. I want other people to be able to say, yeah, I have felt that way too. Um, and if they're so inclined that you will actually reach out to me and say, you know, I know what you're going through. And I've had that. I've had several people reach out to me and say that they also have had a stroke or, you know, I've, I've met some new friends in sobriety online. So I've been visiting several new sobriety meetings that I've enjoyed getting to know some other people. And in sobriety, the more that I lean into my program uh, and, and in stroke recovery, the more I lean into this program that I've built for myself that parallels my sobriety program, the more that I smile. You know, I go to these stroke support groups and it's uplifting. It's uplifting to sit and listen to other people living with their challenges and finding, adapting, right? Adapting to their challenges and finding ways to be prepared for the future. And I can't just come here and talk at you all about how I'm walking through my recovery I also have to listen to others. Um, so all of this talking, you know, I had my mom said the other day, she's like, I don't know how you have so much to talk about. Well, I'm, you know, imagine sitting in your house all day and not having anybody to talk to. That's one reason that I have a lot to say. But I think the biggest reason why I have a lot to say is because I have a lot of stuff going on and I have a lot of challenges and, you know, my, my mind can make a whole new story every day about why I'm here, what I need to be doing, how I need to change, what I should have done, what I couldn't do, what, you know, uh, so yeah, I have a lot, I have a lot to say, um, and for so long, I wanted everything around me to change for me. Um, and I would get frustrated. And, and honestly, I, I talked about throwing a tantrum back when I was a kid. Sometimes I feel like a tantrum is building up inside of me, you know, when I can when there's nothing I can do about the situation. And, that's kind of what I was talking about the other day. Like, 
maybe it would be healthy for me to have a full-blown tantrum and let some of this out uh, because I want everything to change to make me happy. And instead, I need to change myself and uh, to be happy and adaptable to um, my disability and and really take care of myself. And, you know, I didn't do, I didn't do that yesterday. I had so much fun, but, uh, I just, I just can't do that stuff. Like go to the mall. That's what I did. I just went to the mall. Um, and I just can't do it. Uh, the previous time that I went a couple weeks ago, I just sat while my niece and her friend shopped for me. And yesterday I thought, well, I'm just going to do a little myself. And it was just too much. And I should know by now, but I'm just so bullheaded. I I don't even know. (laughs) This is one of my struggles. So I'm just going to keep working on it. And being adaptable is learned from experience in situations, you know, experiencing situations and overcoming the fear associated with the unknown, um, overcoming the I'm okay, you know, I can get through, I can experience this and I'm okay on the other side. And after becoming comfortable with adaptability comes being prepared, uh, being prepared to adapt as, as things change. Um, and I have some examples, hopefully we'll see, right? I didn't, I didn't write a script. So we're going to see what those examples end up being coming out of my mouth in a moment. Um, But these thought loops that I've talked about in the past are really an enemy of adaptability. And it's important to disrupt those thought loops and think about what is the cause of the thought loop. Is it fear? Is it anxiety? lack of confidence, but it's that those thought loops that kind of stop you in your tracks, that's what they do to me. And it's usually fear, anxiety, or lack of confidence that stop me from adapting to whatever it is that I'm in front of, whether it's something that I dealt with with at work, whether it's something that I'm dealing with in recovery, um, reaching out to, you know, doctors or insurance or all of these things that my new job is <laughs> um, based in recovery. And, and there's a lot of fear and anxiety and lack of confidence there. Um, so I have to challenge my thinking and choose to believe that I can do it. And um, I need to challenge my discouragement. And I think discouragement, you know, that's, that's another 
complex topic probably so maybe we'll have an episode on on being uh, on discouragement but I was thinking a little bit about how I was adaptable at work and and this kind of is almost humorous to me I I don't think it was humorous at the time but in my career I had to be adaptable on a daily basis. Things were, you know, when you read a job opening that says that you're comfortable in a dynamic, fast-paced environment, that is nothing compared to where I was just working. It was just every day things were rolling and rolling forward and going this way and that way and we all had to shift you know what it reminds me of it reminds me of when you're seeing birds flying in the air and there's a whole group of birds and somehow it it still amazes me every time I see it if one changes direction, the whole entire triangle of birds flying the, through the air will all shift direction at the same time. And somehow they don't run into each other. That's what my last job felt like. We all had to adapt and we all had to do it as a team. And I'm talking the whole company had to do it as a team and if there were any birds that didn't shift at the same speed that we were all shifting then they were going to run into somebody you know or they were going to (laughs) just I don't know uh fall out of line and go flying in their own direction and um and so that adaptability in my career was uh, was something that we all joined together and adapted. And in sobriety, in my program, having a fellowship, as things are happening in the world, we are all doing exactly that. And, you know, this fellowship, when something happens in the world, we get in there in the meeting at 7 a.m. in the morning and we talk about it. We don't get political. We don't talk about anything that, you know, is going to call out sides. But it's something that we all, our our sobriety comes first and we all shift direction at the same time. And we figure out how are we going to stay sober in this situation and um and that's adaptability it means living in the present moment and being responsive to changes without abandoning your values and your goals and sustaining stability that's what adaptability is and in recovery it's critical that i'm able to adapt to the present moment Um, as far as my disability goes, as far as the chronic pain that I'm dealing with, how do I adapt to that? 
I'm learning. I'm still learning and I'm giving myself a lot of patience and, um, and not beating myself up when I do things like I did yesterday. Um, I could have gone to the mall and I could have sat down like I did the time before, you know, two weeks ago, I could have just sat down and asked them to do the shopping for me. But I wanted to do it. And, and that is, uh, that is, you know, I, I need to learn how to turn my wanter off in stroke recovery. How about that? I haven't made that comparison from my sobriety program to my stroke recovery program. Um, so we live action, we just figured that out together. I need to turn my wanter off in stroke recovery. So thank you for letting me come to that conclusion in this podcast episode. Um, how can I adapt? How can I help others with adaptability? Well, I do that in stroke recovery. Um, I, I support my sponsees and talk to them about my experience when, you know, I'm at work and there's a happy hour after work and my boss encourages me to go. How do I respond? You know, how do I adapt my program to an environment where I'm going to be exposed to alcohol because I'm not usually exposed to alcohol. There's no alcohol in this house and I uh, I really never go anywhere where there is alcohol. You know, I'll go to a restaurant or something and there's alcohol there, but I um I don't do a lot of going to bars or I don't do any going to bars or parties or anything like that. Um, just because I don't have that in my life right now. Um, but I talk to my sponsor sponsees about how I adapt and, um, try to encourage them to figure out. I think the key is what is your intent for going to an event? Are you going because you're going to have fun or are you going because you're hoping that at some point you can slide into a corner and, and steal a drink, you know? So that is adapting your sobriety program in order to accommodate for, uh, stuff going on in your life and in, uh, in stroke recovery, I think once I practice this turning off my wanter, I hopefully will be able to share that with others. But right now, I definitely need to work on doing it myself. Um, as a parent, how do I help my kids adapt? Same thing. I share my experience with them. And um, when they have big challenges... I talk to them about how we are able to bend around our challenges. 
And at work, when I was working, when a staff member had a challenge, same thing. I would talk about it because, you know, all those birds trying to change direction at the same time, it's not easy. And there was a lot of mentoring of my staff to encourage them and get them on board to change direction to make sure that they didn't fly off in another direction on their own. So same, I would, I would talk to them about, okay, how do we bend but still not abandon our values and our goals and our mission as a marketing team. Um, there were challenges with, um, you know, making always. So I think my main goals, I guess my main mission as a marketing director was to never abandon our brand, uh, our shift our brand the way that it is known to the public to um, adapt to whatever was going on internally. When all the birds shifted direction, I need to make sure that the brand stayed the same because it's our identity. And that's similar to, I think, what we need to do in life is as we're all shifting direction, we still need to be loyal to our identity, you know, what our values are, what our own mission is. And um, so, so adaptability is not changing who we are. It's actually uh changing how we behave in a way that we are growing as growing as a person with the same identity never abandon your own identity and that's what I'm doing right now in stroke recovery I am adapting my life to the limitations that I now have but still holding true to my values. And, and those values are communication, learning, and health. Um, so, so that's where I'm at today. I think we did great with no script, yeah? And it was much better on my eyes. So thanks for listening, and I will talk to you tomorrow.